Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hi, this is Josh Marshall, and this is the Josh Marshall Podcast. Today, we are, we're here for the 2018 Golden Duke Awards. Um, the most we, wonderful time of year. Yeah, exactly. This is, uh, is it the, tw- I, I lose track at this point. I think point. it's number 12, right? I think it's number, I think this is the 12th annual Golden Duke Awards. And, and we're going to, for those of you who've never heard of this, we're going to explain what those are. And we will also be announcing the winners. I guess this is, we've, we've had various... Uh, permutations over the years we used to we used to have like a a golden duke awards golden dukes awards like like gala and it was like video like right. sort of like sort of like the emmys or or the oscars and then um for a number of years we just did it on the site through text and now we're going to do it as a as an episode of the podcast so uh I, i'm i am going to turn it over to uh my colleagues david tainter uh my co-host josh marshall show who you know hello hello and also uh john light who um has wears a number of different hats at tpm but is is one of his key ones. He's the, really the producer of of the the Josh Marshall podcast. Also, our inside briefings and and a whole bunch of stuff related to audiovisual stuff. Is yeah, that, is that a fair Happy way to, to be play here? It? I, I think yeah. That well, sounds also, right. I guess I guess you have been you have been producing the Golden Dukes Award Show. Which we are, yeah, which we are currently currently re- recording. Right. But also we have we have interviews with the judges. We have a pretty we have a pretty star studded uh, array of judges who we're gonna gonna introduce uh, in a moment. Let me quickly uh, uh, share a few words from our sponsor, Grady's Cold Brew Ice Coffee. And then I'm gonna turn it over to David. Uh, if you love cold brew ice coffee, you know how expensive your habit can be. We're talking four or five bucks a cup at the coffee shop, over $100 a month, and that's just the money. Now you add up all the time you spend waiting in lines at the coffee shop. It's not exactly convenient. Luckily, there's a better way. Order Grady's Cold Brew online and have it delivered straight to your home or office door. You can pour a glass of Grady's famous cold brew straight from your fridge for less than a buck a cup, saving you over $1,000 a year. And shipping's always free. Free. Are you ready to give it a swirl? Get 20% off your first order at Grady'sColdBrew.com with promo code TPM. That's promo code TPM. All right, David. So, Josh. What, what do we have here? So, you mentioned it's the 12th year of the Dukes. I'm just curious. I know you've written a, a post on the site kind of explaining the backstory, but what's the deal with the Dukes? You know, why do we keep doing them year after year? Well, the the Golden Dukes, as we said, this is the, this is the 12th year we, we've done that, and TPM... Just uh, editorially, we've always been into public corruption and scandals. And it, when we say into, that might sound kind of funny because obviously public corruption is a bad thing. Scandals are a bad thing. But we have kind of a, 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 our own take on this. Now, obviously, they're, the, they're a bad thing. But as journalists, we love reporting on scandals. And we don't just love reporting on scandals. We we appreciate 
revel in the sheer villainy, ridiculousness, uh, clownishness, uh, everything about scandals. Um, that's just kind of who we are, and right. it's sort of central to our to our editorial vision. We really, you know, there's there's something about TPM that is we always want to be a certain kind of angle back from total engagement. Yeah, what do you mean by that? Well, you know, there's we we, we want to be serious but not earnest, right. and we want to we want to see the the folly in things and the hilarity of things, even things that are serious and bad. Um, and that's sort of, that's that's always been something about how we like to cover the news. So what the Golden Dukes are about, the Golden Dukes sort of celebrates that attitude, uh, that posture towards scandal. And where the name comes from, a lot of people say like, dude, what the hell does that mean? Like, what is the, what is the Golden Dukes? What are you even talking about? Well, there was a, a member of the House of Representatives named Randy Duke Cunningham, who was, you know, he was probably in Congress for maybe a decade or two. I don't, I don't, I can't remember exactly at this point. Um, it was from Southern California, back when Southern California had Republican representatives. Uh, and, you know, he was, he was actually a, a fighter pilot in Vietnam, was sort of, you know, had this I think after, largely after the fact, reputation that he had like created to I don't know to 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 uh, to run for Congress as like a fighter ace in Vietnam. Anyway, uh, Cunningham was a total moron, and I, when I say moron, I don't just mean like he wasn't like an impressive figure. It 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 sort of came out after he got in trouble and after he went to jail for a number of years. That he he seemed like he was I, I don't know like 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 didn't have a complete brain or something like that could barely like write complete sentences anyway um, so that was that was Randy Duke Cunningham a very conservative rep from Southern California uh, and he turned out to be just comically corrupt he he. Uh, would he was just selling everything, taking bribes, bribes to buy a house, bribes to uh, buy a boat that he lived in uh, down in Washington D.C. And it was, you know, the he had, a, he had a menu, right? Yeah, a bribe he actually menu. had a bribe menu where you write out like, you know, this much money, I'm going to you get <laughs> this and 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 that. And so, you know, uh, congressional corruption is not new, and over the years, it's not uh, partisan in one direction or another. But Cunningham was just so clownish and so over the top and so little, you know, I don't want to say subtlety, but, you know, no winks or nods or kind of like, you know, you you uh, contribute to my campaign and I'm going to look favorably on your project. It was really kind of like just you give me like a fuck of a lot of money. And I will I will green light your project. And when I mean that, I mean like give me like a million dollars <laughs> so I can buy a new house or or houseboat you know, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. and like it, you know, it's 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 funny because one of the things about one of the things about Cunningham is you know he's this big kind of tough guy, you know, ex fighter pilot. You know, by by the time he was in Congress, kind of a heavy set big guy. You know, kind of man's man sort of thing. And a lot of the things he wanted were these very, like, ornate, like, antiques and stuff and, you know, kind of imported fineries. And, and that's great, but, like, didn't didn't exactly, like, fit with the brand. Anyway, so 
an amazing scandal, just, you know, kind of very different from Trump, but sort of Trump-like in the sense of just like, as stupid as you could imagine, as corrupt as you could imagine, that's where it's gonna. That's where it's gonna end up. And an inspiration to yeah, uh, total inspiration for for the Dukes and for like everything that has come subsequently. Yeah. So that's what the that's that's gotcha. the name. That's what gotcha. It's all about. Thanks for the trip down memory lane. You're welcome. So here's how this episode will work. I'll read the categories that we uh, chose for the year, and and I'll introduce the judges. Each year we have some guest judges who kind of help us sift through all the the muck and craziness of the year past. So there's seven categories, starting with best scandal, general interest, just kind of like the biggest and best. It's like best picture. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, best scandal, local venue. There's a meritorious achievement in the crazy. This one might need a little bit of a backstory. It's basically just, uh, how would you describe it, Josh? It's basically just people uh, behaving badly in a clownish way. Yeah, well, also kind of like like over-the-top kind right. of extremism, just, right. just things that are kind of very fringe and weird. Yeah kind of stuff we've got best conspiracy theory i think that kind of speaks for itself best campaign gaffe literary achievement in 280 characters i think we had to revise that up from uh 140 right when twitter changed its rules yeah and and, and itself kind of a relatively new category yeah and then uh outstanding ineptitude in the cabinet i think this is also maybe a new one right it's appropriate for this year yeah i think it probably new or, or or yeah pretty new and so probably new this year. So judging for us this year, we have Krang T. Nelson back for uh, an encore performance as a judge. He's a kind of Twitter celebrity. He's a freelance right. writer. He writes for Vice and some other places. We have uh, Aaron Gloria Ryan, Daily Beast writer. She's also the the host of the Hysteria podcast, uh, the Crooked Media Network. Isn't she also? Isn't she also a writer now for for a big sitcom? I think for television too. Like uh, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. I think so. I think yeah. that was like wow. she. I think I think that's why she moved out to L.A. That she's like a TV huh. writer, now, right? Jack of all is, trades. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Impressive. We've got Jason Lincolns, who is a um, political journalist. He's a senior editor at Think Progress. He used to be at HuffPost for a long time. I think he wrote a column there called "Eat the Press," kind of a media critic. Uh, and commentator. We've got Susie Bright, a feminist uh, sex columnist, and Simon Malloy, who writes for Media Matters. Cool. All right. So good, let's good go through. Job with the with the with the judges. Thank you. Thank you. We'll go through the uh, the categories. I'll tell you guys who's the runner up, who's the winner, and and we'll hear from some of the judges kind of about how they came to their decisions and uh, some of their favorite moments from the year. All right, here we go. Best scandal, general interest. A lot of competition in this category. Obviously, some of the the big players you read about on TPM every day and have kind of spent a lot of time thinking about, obviously, in the in the last year. And the runner-up, we have Paul Manafort for his myriad crimes, his ridiculousness. Uh, what else can you say? Yeah, I mean, it's it's and it's still an ongoing story. <laughs> exactly. We don't even know the end of it. That's right. Uh, Sean Hannity also was a runner-up in this category. He, if you remember, was one of... he was one of Michael Cohen's kind of secret clients. He among Elliot Broidy, right. obviously President Trump. And wasn't he like defending Cohen on his show before this news came out? Yeah, right? that sounds right. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, it's 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 funny, and, and this is another example of I'm not sure we know the full story yet, because at the time, I think he, he implied... Uh, Hannity implied that it was like for some real estate advice or something right. like that, and that always seemed a little, a little iffy. dubious. Yeah. yeah, and he had some other stuff, but but now, given given all we know, 
at, you know, so three clients, Trump, Broidy, and, 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 and Hannity. And the other two were cl- seemed to be clients for, like, a fair hush money. Right. And so that would mean Hannity as a as a uh, coming to Cohen for real estate advice would be the odd man out. Exactly. So maybe right. we don't. We, maybe, maybe we have not heard the, yeah, that's the fullness right. of this story. So without further ado, Michael Cohen is the winner in this category. I think that's uh, you know that's an obvious choice. You know, it's funny. I, I, I it kind of surprises me. I would have thought like Trump. I yeah. mean, Trump is sort of like, I mean, all of these people. He's the he's the elephant in the room, I guess, well, right? Well, all yeah. of these people are derivative of Trump. Right. They're, they're sort of like, they are, uh, you know, they're, they're sort of planets <laughs> orbiting, orbiting the sun the of center, Trump. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I get that. That's that's legit. Right. I, I right. can I can I can see that. Yeah. Let's hear from Aaron Gloria Ryan on uh, Michael Cohen. Well, I picked Michael Cohen because he felt like it, so. There's there's different kinds of scandals. There's fun scandals, and then there's scandals that are sort of fun, but you also feel like they're kind of driving the country to the brink of something dangerous. And I think that the winner in this category should be both like fun and also extremely significant and dangerous. Last year, I was a a judge. I was looking back on what I picked. And last year, I picked the James Comey firing as the best scandal. And it, you know, it's the thing that's ended up having the most historical repercussions. And that's why I picked Michael Cohen. I think Michael Cohen will end up being um, not much more than a bit part in American history because of his nincompoopery. Uh, Treasonous nincompoopery, I'll I'll say. I think... um, I also think that, like, and I hate to sound preachy here, but I think that Michael Cohen is sort of the platonic ideal of a, a serious problem in American, the American imagination. We always imagine that bad guys are sort of badasses, that people that are criminals that are, that are working, you know, internationally to undermine democracy and dupe people and get rich at the expense of other people's well-being. You know, we have this kind of imaginary uh, badass that's doing all these things. Like he's a, he's an international, you know, he's a, he's a criminal and he always escapes and he's cool and he's got all the best suits. And, but in reality, the villains aren't like, you know, they're not cool guys. They're, they're dweebs. They're, they're pieces of shit dweeby taxi medallion hoarders like Michael Cohen, who are able to just kind of undermine the well-being of the world in order to line their own pockets. And so it's like, you know, on one hand, it's kind of funny that he reminds you of, you know, a guy that would get killed off in the first scene of like, you know, a a movie about a cool gangster. He he doesn't, but that's kind of funny. Um, But the reality is he's sort of the embodiment of why people like him keep getting away with it. We never expect the people that are pulling the levers, the people that have access to the, the most powerful people in the world, we never expect them to, to, to be these kind of unsexy dweebs. And they are. And Michael Cohen, I think, is a great example of that. So that's why I picked him as um, the best scandal general interest, because his uh, kind of gangster cosplay with Donald Trump could lead to the downfall of at least this administration and perhaps um, an entire political party and uh, perhaps an entire age in the American experiment. Okay. All right. Good point. Moving there. on, local venue. There was a, a bunch of kind of weird and offbeat and kind of just interesting uh, 
candidates in this category. That's what's good about local venue, right? You yeah, get and I think some real oddballs. Josh, you can speak to this, but on, but finding these local scandalous, ridiculous, crazy stories has always kind of been part of TPM's lifeblood as well, right? And, yeah, and raising that to kind of a national platform. Well, yeah, I mean, you want to, you want to. It's it's always been part of what TPM does that we're looking for things that other publications are not reporting on, um, and 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 in the nature of things. The, the the big publications look at national things, so we're looking kind of like local things that aren't getting a lot of attention, and, and and in a lot of ways, that's where you get the most, you know, the most interesting stories. I mean, sometimes they're just like crazy, ridiculous, you know, just sort of crazy shit. But um, you, you have things there that are that are not just not getting attention, but in some ways. Uh, Reveal things about what's going on in society that right. otherwise you'd miss. I mean, also it's 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 uh, it's, it's important to give those scandals a special category since they can't really, it's hard for them to compete with the national stuff. Right. So it's sort of like one of those things in the Oscars where, you know, you'd like, you know, foreign film. Mm. Right. Right. Give them like their right. own little space to right. kind of show mm-hmm. their stuff. All, All right. right. All right. The winner in this category is Denver Riggleman. He, if you remember, is the, he was the congressional candidate in Virginia, I want to say, right, who kind of had a Bigfoot erotica website or a book that he wrote. Right. Yeah. Uh, Kind of unclear what was going on. He shared some interesting Bigfoot yeah, images on Instagram. Yeah, some graphic Bigfoot images, yeah. yeah. Wait, but did, I thought he won. He did, yeah, he won. won. You're right, yeah. you're right. So he he's won. like in Congress. Yeah. yeah. All right, good for Just him. About, yeah, yeah, good for him. So it, we also, we didn't say the, the runner-up is a pretty pretty key runner-up That's true. here. Yeah, we have Leslie McRae Dowless, who is the man at the center of this still-blossoming scandal in North Carolina for, about... I mean, they vote, vote stuffing, ringing. Basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, he's, he's a fascinating guy because he keeps getting his picture taken. These like pictures of him like stoically gazing in to the camera lens. Yeah. But he hasn't commented at all to the media, so he's just standing outside of his house, letting his picture get taken right. and saying nothing. Bizarre. Okay. So for this category, we'll hear from Simon Malloy, Media Matters, um, about why he chose Denver Riggleman. Um. The very fact of the existence of Bigfoot porn. <laughs> um, to my reckoning, it is just it's that's the trump card when it comes to picking a, a, a scandal out of, out of this category. Nothing is going to beat that. And you know the, the other people, they, I'm sure they they put up valiant efforts uh, with their uh, various scandals and misdeeds, but nothing they at least to my reckoning, nothing they could have done would have surmounted Bigfoot erotica as a scandal um so that i mean just yeah it's just the the fact that bigfoot erotica exists that phrase entered into the 2018 uh electoral lexicon just that it had to make it the winner for me right right he he made uh several kind of attempts to explain this away as kind of a academic interest did any of those hold any sway with you uh, it, it I love the explanation that it was just sort of like, well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just my hobby. I mean, it's, you know, it's just a thing I do. Yes, obviously it's a thing you do. <laughs> I mean, nobody, nobody has uh, these sort of sexual cryptozoology studies that he's, re- he's writing books about this. Like this, this is not something that's forced upon him. This is not like, you know, he's a, uh, uh, a professor who this, this sort of it has to be covered by the syllabus. Um, <laughs> this is uh, this is who Denver Riggleman is. It's how he chooses to spend his free time, and I, 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 I don't think he should be just sort of laughing it off and writing it off as just you know a thing that he does. Man, you write books, man. 
<laughs> like be proud of it and, uh, right. and embrace it. Um, right. I, was, I was disappointed to see that. All right. Thank you, Simon. Moving along, we have the meritorious achievement in the crazy, kind of a mouthful to say. Uh, there's no runner-up here, really. The competition was uh, non-existent. The winner is Rudy Giuliani for, I mean, any number of things, whether you are talking about his cable news interviews where he continues to put his foot in his mouth and admit damaging uh, facts about Donald Trump to his Twitter feed, which recently featured a gif of Bashful, the dwarf uh, from Snow White, uh, when he turned Comey into a verb, which means to interfere in an election, like illicitly, unlawfully, illegally, yeah, whatever. I didn't get that one. I, I didn't see that. Yeah, that's that. I, I, I missed that. But, but you know, okay. <laughs> yeah. And while he's doing all this, there's his foreign hustles, too, which is my favorite aspect That's right. He's in, story. he's in Bahrain. He's on the set of ABC this week. He's, uh, he gets around. You know, the, the thing, the one thing I find uh, a positive thing about, about Giuliani is that for so, for so much of his career, he, you know, he was, when, when he became mayor, he ran a very divisive, arguably racist campaign when he when he uh, beat David Dinkins back in, God, I think that was like 1989. I can't remember uh, precisely what year it was. And then you know he had the broken windows thing when he was mayor. There's a lot of a lot of controversy surrounds Rudy Giuliani. He obviously had a kind of a rebirth when everybody you know loved him for or many people loved him for a period of time after after 9/11. And then he had other controversies afterwards. He was you know supposed to be uh, the Republican nominee for president in 2008. That didn't pan out, but. I, I think it's sort of salutary that uh, relatively late in his career, he is. It, it's not just that he's that he's misbehaving or trying to uh, uh, cover up or justify bad behavior. He he he's really become like a clown and 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 really a sort of like an object of. You know, Trump always says like everybody's laughing at us. Well, people really are laughing at Rudy Giuliani, <laughs> yeah. and so I think it's it is it is sort of a it's it's a good thing for people who have you know disliked him, disliked what he stood for for many years because they see him now and they say like, okay, you're 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 pathetic, and everybody sees you as pathetic, and everybody right. constantly laughs at you, right? And so that is. Uh, you know, Rudy's critics over the years have earned seeing Rudy just become like an object of contempt. Yeah, right. like it's not even like it, it. I don't know. It in in the old days, you know, you see him. Uh, you know, the the, the classic. Uh, I think it was in the Abner Louima scandal back in God, like nineteen ninety or nineteen ninety one. I don't remember exactly when that was. Uh, when the people who assaulted the 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 NYPD officers who assaulted Luima, you know, said, or I, I believe this was, I remember all the details, but it said Giuliani time, right? The kind right, of like, right. You know, kind I of remember like, that. Yeah, the, yeah. that was sort of the, the, uh, the, the label, you know, for, you know, for police, yeah, yeah police brutality, brutality basically. Yeah, it's, right. it's time, you know, this is uh, Giuliani time. And you, you, you see something like that and, and, and Giuliani's critics Rightly reacted with rage about that, but here you can, you know, but ra you feel rage to someone who's dangerous and bad. And now people can see Giuliani as 
ancient and funny and stupid. Right. And so it's it's everybody. Yeah. You know, I mean, his tweet time for them. His speaking of his Twitter feed again. Recently, he tweeted what about Trump at the G twenty in Argentina, and he accidentally left he didn't have a space between oh, right, his sentences right, right. he created a kind url of accidentally oh, yeah, right. created a url someone purchased that url right. and made it an anti-trump site and giuliani who is what head of some like kind of private, private cyber security, security yeah. kind of thing yeah, yeah yeah went on this rampage on twitter about twitter the company i believe inserting some anti-Trump language and, and being biased against the president when, in fact... Just uh, not, not literally not understanding how the internet <laughs> right, works exactly. at, the most, at the most nuts and bolts. So bolts congratulations to uh, Rudy Giuliani in this category. Let's hear from Aaron Ryan. I chose him um, because he really does seem like... Um, he's, <laughs> he's like... I've described Donald Trump this way, too, but I think Rudy Giuliani is more so. He's like... Airplane seat moving requestingly weird. Like if I were sitting next to somebody acting like Rudy Giuliani, I would request to change seats. That is not how a normal human being that is not a danger to people immediately around him, a potential danger to people immediately around him acts. Um, another thing that I realized is, you know, there's a, there's a sort of switch in my brain and probably a lot of people's brains when I've totally given up on somebody as a possible conduit of truth or reliable information, you know, they'll start talking and then my brain will be like, yeah, right. Like if you've ever been around a compulsive liar, when they start talking, you just, yeah, sure. Your dad's an astronaut and you know, whatever, you know, you just kind of switch off. And it's, it's really funny how Giuliani is sort of like that, but he does it on TV over and over again and he keeps getting invited on TV. And so it's, it's kind of impressive how much, time he has spent on television saying things that are not only not true, but the opposite of true. And I think that's probably why he's, he's a great achievement and crazy. Another thing is, you know, there, I think that there's a lot of debate around what he was before he was a Donald Trump lapdog. But a lot, there, there are some respectable people that had a high opinion of him for a long time. And he's just completely gotten rid of any goodwill that he's, that he built up over all the years of public service. And I sort of like wonder for, for what, like, why is he doing it for this guy? Why for Donald Trump? I mean, when sort of like when the lights come on at the end of the night, Rudy Giuliani is going to see that he's been dancing with the ugliest guy in the room, you know? <laughs> and, uh, and I don't know what his end game is. And it's, it's really, it's confusing to me and, and reality sort of breaks down when I try to figure it out. So the reason I picked him is because he is, just an impressive and confident liar um, in that he does it so frequently, not that he's good at it. Um, he, he squandered a uh, reputation that was, you know, mixed, but some people thought he had done some good work, he's, but he's totally squandered it. And for ends that are not readily apparent, and I don't know if they ever will be. All right. Thank you, Aaron. Moving along, best conspiracy theory. Uh, some stiff competition in this. A lot of... Uh I don't know, a lot of good conspiracy theories this year from Ed Whelan, who created the kind of uh, schematics of a house in Virginia to uh, try to exonerate Brett Kavanaugh, to um, Jacob Wall, who is the young man who allegedly frequents liberal coffee shops in Los Angeles, overhearing secret conservatives talking about uh, how much they like Trump. Um, and this, this was a tie, actually, this year between... Uh, the Ed Wheel and conspiracy and Jacob Wall. So Josh, we have to we have to bring you in here. 
to break the tie. What do right. you say? Like you know, Pence cast the tiebreaker. Y- yeah, you know, I got to say this is this is uh, just so everybody understands. So this is Ed Whelan, who you know, supposedly kind of like a big like kind of legal activist in D.C., who just came up with this based on nothing kind of Twitter epic Twitter thread accusing this guy of of, of attempting to rape this woman like 30 years yeah, before yeah a random former Seeming, classmate yeah seemingly based on nothing although we later found out it was Squee right so right. not like random right. like That's actually right. like right. a bud of, of of Kavanaugh and then this thing where Jacob Wall was out paying him and some other goons were out there like paying women to accuse Robert Mueller of right. you know it. this this does get to something basic about the American right, that you have people on the right often accusing liberals, and in many cases, I think really believing that this is how it works. So so that you have this woman, Christine Blasey Ford, coming forward and saying this, and you say, well, you know, this must be, they're just paying anybody, and she came forward. You know, the, these, these very lurid, extreme kind of ideas about how these things happen. But then they go ahead and actually do those things, right? So it's always a little strange. This is pretty tough for me because, I, you know, I was a pretty, I, I, I appreciated the innovativeness and just the quality of what Ed, Ed Whelan did. But I'm going to have to go with Jacob Wall. I think that makes right. sense. Yeah, yeah, it's I kind just, of the I, prototypical yeah. TPM story. And he is just, again, like who, you know, just Jacob Wall, like that is... Just who who is this dude? He's like twenty years old. Right. He's already a he's already been banned from the investment industry right. because of some some fraud he committed. I don't know when he was like nine, um, and now he is like a major Trump guy. And I, yeah, I, I gotta go with Jacob. It's Wall. true. He's early on in his career. I'm sure we've. I'm sure there are more schemes he has uh, up his sleeve. So yeah. Yeah. all right, let's yeah. hear from uh, Krang talking about Jacob Wall. Really, what he wants is in the same way as like Baked Alaska and Laura Loomer and all of these other people, he wants internet fameddom and and really at any cost. He tried a bunch of stuff. He got banned from futures trading. Like he's not a very smart man, and he found a niche where you know people are paying attention to him. But I think if Jacob Wall, you know Jacob Wall, Laura Loomer, some of these you know, Baked Alaska, these other people who are just like mind-numbingly dumb. I can't see anyone who I ever make fun of Jacob Wall to being like, you know what? I'm on Jacob's side. So I'm fully in favor of him just dragging his ass through the media and the Internet, because if this is going to be the face of young Trumpism, if this is who we've decided is going to be the like ambassador of young Trumpism to the world, get them out there. Get the cameras on that boy. Um, so I'm all in favor <laughs> yeah. of that. All right. Yeah. All right. So we just got a couple more left. Um, next up is best campaign gaffe. So we're kind of, you know what, we're a month and a half out from the election, basically. Uh, let's think back to kind of what was going on then. We actually have a tie in this category. We have uh, Kevin Kramer. Where was he a candidate? North, uh, North Dakota. Dakota. I North think Dakota. that was That's uh, right. uh, Heidkamp. Right. Right. Uh, Heidkamp. Right. Saying there's nothing inhumane about keeping kids in cages. Obviously, this was... Uh, around the time when the family separation crisis was really front and center in the news. There were some shocking images of kids basically being penned up. Yeah, Yeah. in cages, uh, being separated from their families. We have a tie between that and Cindy Hyde-Smith, the 
the senator from, from Mississippi. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. Um, for basically a number of sort of neo-Confederate yeah. statements, right? It was starting with uh, talking about a supporter saying she would be f- in the front row of a public, public hanging. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, if yeah. he invited yeah. her, she'd be there. She and also, there were some photos dug up of her kind of posing in Confederate regalia, right? right like right. a hat and right. a rifle right. and all that right. kind of stuff. Um, and then there the was voting also, rights comment, too. Yeah, there was a voting rights comment about making it harder for liberals to vote. And then there was, I guess this wasn't a gaffe, but it came out that she had, like, frankly, many white Southerners of her generation, to be fair, went to one of these segregation academies, which were basically, after segregation, most many white families who had any means to do so, and they actually kind of, uh, people made it so even even families without means, they just set up private schools that basically right. recreated the white schools as, as as private schools. So she went to one of those. Running against a black candidate. To, right. So just, right. You know, against Mike yeah. SP. Yeah. It went right. to a runoff. She ended up winning the, the runoff race. So Josh, we need you to come in here, break the tie between those two. Yeah, it's, again, this was, this one is challenging because the uh, the Hyde-Smith stuff is, is definitely not funny, right. obviously. Um, the, the 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 only thing you know in the in those photos of the uh, you know I guess she went to like Jefferson Davis's house which is now like a shrine and uh, posed in like some I don't know like Confederate Army hat or something right. like that there the the thing with the thing with uh, Cindy Hyde Smith is that with Roy Moore. Roy Moore has been he's been at this for years. I mean, he was, you know, back the the 10 commandments. I feel like that goes back yeah, maybe right. into the 90s. I mean, he he's been around for a long time and he's been a a force in in Alabama politics. So he didn't end up he didn't end up in that position um for nothing. He has been I mean, he may be a a very uh unlovely dark figure but he is a force in that state's politics and has has been around for decades whereas Cindy Hyde Smith I don't know where they even found her like she was clearly like not not top tier yeah I mean not and and you could sort of see that and and even during the even during the the uh even during the race you had a lot of Republicans saying you know, yeah, like I don't know where we found her, but she's the Republican, and let's just let's just make it happen because right, right. we have to. Right. She was the safe Republican, right, running against Chris McDaniel, who yeah, was the y- wacky yes, one. Yes, but and 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 but she was appointed, so they right, kind of right, in, yes. in a in a similar way to that. Uh, uh, was it Luther? Oh, I can't remember the guy's name. Luther Strange. Luther yeah. Strange, right. the guy who who was also appointed in Alabama, right, uh, to fill Jeff Sessions' seat, and then. Couldn't then lost to 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 Roy Moore. I got to go with uh, Cindy Hyde Smith. I I I, I give uh, Kevin Kramer credit, but you know nothing inhumane about cages. Uh, half the Republicans in the country were saying that at the time. So yeah. you know, good try, but I don't I don't I can't say that's very innovative. Right. All right. Let's hear from Susie Bright talking about Cindy Hyde Smith. She's sort of like one of those Stepford wives of politics. There's a certain kind of. Phyllis Schlafly type, although she's not nearly as powerful as Phyllis. I mean, Phyllis does look like some kind of wild feminist separatist compared to Cindy, but she, (laughs) there is a certain kind of woman who is pushed to the forefront to be the puppet, you know, and she was considered 
the uh, more appealing puppet, and they just forgot to tell her to put a sock in it. You know, what can I say? <laughs> I'm sure with each one, each one, she never knew. You know, she's the last to know. They say, Cindy, what did you say? And she'd be like, what? <laughs> well, shut my mouth. Well, I didn't mean right. anything. <laughs> All right, thank you, Susie. Moving along, home stretch here. Just a couple more to go. Next up, we have the literary achievement in 280 characters. So, best dumb tweet, basically. Right. We have a couple. We have a tie again on this one between Speaker Paul Ryan, outgoing speaker. I think he just gave his his farewell address yesterday, uh, the day before we're taping this. He went on Twitter celebrating, bragging that a secretary in a high school was was so stoked about the GOP's tax cut that she was getting a dollar fifty raise per week. So that's awesome. She's swimming in it. Uh, way to go. And the next uh, literary achievement was for Eddie Scary. He's a Washington Examiner reporter. He kind of covers media gossip, I think, sort of that kind of thing. He tweeted, I don't know, maybe like a month or so ago. Yeah, about that long. About Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, the youngest uh, congresswoman to be elected. Um progressive candidate a big star democratic socialist yeah Yeah, Yeah. rising star kind of within the party he tweeted that uh a a photo from behind she was walking with a coat wearing a blazer kind of normal professional uh, attire that you wear when you're a pretty unremarkable for someone in congress or someone in a a a woman in a professional context absolutely yeah just not yeah um he tweeted, she doesn't look like someone who's struggling, right? Because uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez was talking about it's going to be tough to afford an apartment in D.C., it's super expensive city, before she has a congressional salary. This just like blew up like crazy online. It was ratioed, as they say, right? Which means there's tons of comments and just people trying to dunk on this tweet. Right, um, no, no one like liking yeah. it exactly. or retweeting yeah. it, but dumping. Yeah, exactly. dumping 22,000 responses. And only a few hundred likes. <laughs> right, right. Congrats. Right. Um, all right, Josh, we need you to come in here. I think I know maybe which way you're going to lean, but between these two, what are you saying? Well, see, the challenge here to me is the Ryan thing, I think he's straight up saying it's awesome and it was just stupid. So, so like, that is just a, a classic fail. On the other hand... This scary guy, and I feel like he. I feel like he's been. I feel like he's like that Benny dude. Well, he kind of reminds yes. me of him. Yeah. And he then I think he's write, been at like twenty different publications. He used to write the Fishbowl DC column at Media right. Bistro with which that was woman. Who was Betsy, that woman? Um, Betsy something. Rosenstein, maybe uh, something like that. And that, I feel it's like kind of she's a, like retired now. It's like, kind of like a, it was sort of a gossip comings and goings kind of column and about. heavily dunked on. Also, yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. So he did. Okay, so here here's my my the challenge. I mean, it seems to be two issues with that tweet. One is that it's just oh, you know, she should be like like. Uh, you know, walking around in like sackcloth or like a plastic bag if she's so poor. Kind of just just a weird mix of of poverty shaming and stupidity and just just being a dumbass. And then the other part was kind of, I guess I don't know if he took the picture. He did not. He said he got Apparently, it from like a source on the hill. His friend he, sent it to him. But he's like taking the picture of her from behind, and that's sort of. That's not cool. Yeah. That's sort of there's a lot a lot going on there that's not not legit. Um, my only my only uh, trepidation here is that at some level he's just like trolling because he's one of those like 
people who is both malevolent and ridiculous and likes people hating him. Right, a kind of like he, celebrates you know, a kind of right. Yeah, I think he know, has some follow up tweets. Yeah, kind of. you know that guy from like high school, kind of All like right. something's like not quite right about him. So he kind of he he gets some like perverse pleasure from everybody thinking he's a dick. Um, so it's that it's that kind of like you were trying to win the Dukes that <laughs> right. makes me a little suspicious. Yeah, but I'm still gonna have to go with Eddie Scary. All right, just I don't know, just. Uh, just because I have to. I don't know what No, that makes say. sense. That yeah. makes sense. All right, we got Krang Nelson talking about Eddie Scary. For me, I got to go with Eddie Scary uh, because I'm always going to go with a perv. Whenever I have a choice, just a huge perv. And not only is he a huge perv, he's the Internet's favorite brand of perv, a foot guy perv. He posted a picture of some woman's bunion at like a Republican Congress, and he's like, like it's basically her waist down with her feet out and like high heels, and he's like, "Oh man, you know it's such a bummer. This woman has such beautiful feet and legs. It's too bad that she has a massive bunion on." And you're like, "Oh, but buddy, <laughs> it's like somehow both did foot fetish and body shaming in the same tweet." And now I had not known who this guy was, which was kind of nice when you discover someone who has a deep catalog. It's like finding a show you love. And finding out that there are ten seasons of it or something like that. <laughs> yeah, you know, like when I mean, you have enough followers, like you know, I have, I have enough followers that you know, if I post these things, my followers will fill me in, uh, you know, pretty pretty quickly. And so it was just like you know, hey, look at this weird pervert, and people were like, buddy, you have you have but tasted, you know, on the on the the feast of perv that is this guy, and they send me you know all these things. You know, him him taking pictures of old ladies' butts, and uh, it's just a real fucking weirdo, uh, you know, of, of the ilk that I really feel like could only exist in Washington, D.C., Yeah, and uh, for that, he gets, he gets the prize. Yeah, I have to say this was one of my favorite TPM stories of the year. It was, like, such a short-lived one, but just the, the rise and fall was amazing to watch. I, I will say, it's, uh, in, at some level, it's, I, I think, one of the things that kind of push me over the edge it's sort of like lifetime achievement even though i think he's like 22 or something like right. that that because uh, again he's like that he's kind of like that benny johnson guy who who i don't know if people know who this guy is but he he gets fired for plagiarism like every about every year <laughs> from a new publication and but he keeps coming up and now i think he's like at the daily caller i think right? You're right. yeah i think that he um, interviewed trump recently Really? You sat in on like an Oval Office interview. I'm interesting. Pretty sure. Interesting. So, so this this scary guy, I think, is sort of like a, uh, you know, sort of like a runner-up Benny Johnson. Right. So anyway, like like I said, kind of lifetime achievement, even yeah. though a short lifetime so far. All right. Last but not least, we have outstanding ineptitude in the cabinet. You know the players. It's the, it's the Ryan Zinkies, the Scott Pruitts, the Wilbur, Wilbur Rosses, Ross was a nominee. Yeah. Ben Carson. Another tie. Yeah. Keeps happening. Yeah. Five or four ties this year. Four ties. A divisive year all around. This year we have Ryan Zinke. He's the now former interior secretary. Numerous. But is he actually former? Isn't, no, isn't he another one of these by the end of the year? I guess they you're don't right. Really, they don't even really say when he's going to leave. They just say he's going <laughs> to fade away and not be here on January Out, 1st. All right. Thing. We'll say outgoing interior right, secretary. Right, 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 had right. many scandals. Uh, and Scott Pruitt, the the former EPA administrator who you know, had everything from a like hundred dollar, a thousand dollar a month apartment in a in a 
kind of ritzy area of DC to round the clock security to a soundproof, possibly bulletproof uh, phone booth in his office. To um, man, what else? Right, he really thought people were going to kill him. Well, yeah, like, there was a lot of secure, like another one of these like security details, and he he seemed like there was a lot about him that like seemed like legitimately paranoid. Yeah, like like not just like with uh, with Betsy DeVos. Uh, my sense is with her, she's just a billionaire and thinks she should not be contacted by any normal people. Right, um, and so. It's kind of a privilege thing there, but I got I got the sense with Pruitt that he thought that there might be like a lot of people trying to attack him in in, in kind of like a crazy way. Yeah, like he's maybe not all there. All right, so Josh, what do you say? Well, in this case, you know, I'm looking here, and we have you know a commentary from Aaron Ryan about Zinke and and from Jason Lincoln's about Pruitt. Would kind of like to hear from Aaron Ryan again, but I got to go with Pruitt. Yeah, and and the reason is because I think Zinke, the stuff with Zinke is just sort of like is mainly ordinary kind of guy. Give me money, I need money, and I'm a secretary, so give me money. Right, and you know that's pretty. That's pretty standard. It happens. Yeah, that just there's nothing terribly remarkable about that. Um, but Pruitt, I feel like a lot of this stuff that he's not totally right in the head. So not not only was he obviously you know very anti-environment and also the head of the EPA and corrupt, but th- there's just like some weirdness there that I remember for me kind of puts him over the top. During the kind of the climax of the Pruitt scandal, it seemed like day after day there was a new story coming out about some, I don't know, wild scheme that he had going on, whether it was trying to get like a mattress from the Trump right. hotel, like a used mattress. The I mattress think. and the lotion and the fact to that like the mattress the, was used. Like, right, yeah, the, yeah, the yeah, fancy the, hand lotion from the Ritz-Carlton or the what was it, like some DC hotel that yeah. sold it to uh, turning on the flashing lights of his security detail to get to Lay Diplomat, which is kind of a fancy DC right, restaurant. Right, right, um, It well, just see, like, that, never ended. See, that's the thing with like the Trump, the Trump hotel thing that like if you to just be corrupt you would just say like i want the best mattress and or kind of like i don't know someone's got to like remodel my free apartment or something that's just normally you know that's just you're corrupt you want you want free things um but with Pruitt, when you want to use mattress like i don't know why, i don't want to know what's <laughs> happening there but it's not it's more than corruption yeah yeah all right okay so Pruitt. we've got jason uh talking about scott Pruitt. i mean it had to be scott Pruitt. Uh, there's, um, it, it's, he really, you know, he really set a high bar. Like, I, I still think of Scott Pruitt is sort of like the Usain Bolt of like cabinet scandal. Um, he, he, uh, he just went for it all the time. It seemed like, it seemed like in his daily life, he could not do something scandalous. Well, there, there was that insane incident where, the Secret Service had to bust down his door because he was, and news reports like termed him unresponsive. It was never ever clear to me. It's still a complete mystery to me what was going on that day. Was the guy just in like a super duper deep nap, and and 
everyone had sort of lost their patience and had to bust down the door was was he was he dying was he having some kind of like seizure was he did some kind of like autoerotic asphyxiation thing go badly wrong you know it was really really difficult i i still want to know the whole story about how that moment came to pass i'm genuinely i'm i'm going to be genuinely upset with the world if i died never having figured out the truth behind what was going on there like it it, the, the, that's one of the mysteries that like really burned with me. Yeah, I know. I almost forgot about that. All right, thanks, Jason. That does it, Josh. Well, there another you go. year in the in the books. Another Duke's in the books. Does it feel like? I mean, I'm curious to hear your thoughts about this year's nominees and winners. You know, it's the second year of the Trump presidency. In a way, his inauguration in 2017 to now, it all kind of feels like one long episode. But does it? Did this year feel particularly crazy? Was there? Anything that feels different this year to you? I guess, you know, the f- I think a lot about 2017 is 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 people were still getting used to the fact that Trump was president uh, and and how weird that was and and I I think there was for a lot of people for a lot of 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 Trump's critics and opponents this feeling like okay this can't go on for that long something's going to break right. and it's going to be over and obviously that wasn't the case and and. In 2018, with Trump, you have things coming out that are a lot more serious, but people are also more used to the fact that he's that he's president. I mean, the one thing for the Dukes that that stands out here is I feel like, with a couple of exceptions, the people who well, you know, the funny thing is, I'm curious. I, I feel like Donald Trump must have won. You know, Donald Trump is not. Was he even a candidate? He was in the. Um in a few of them, he was, but I know that um, sort of as a general principle, we try, try to, to lean avoid against him. Leaving, yeah, yeah, because he could win all of these. Well, that's the thing. It, what what jumps out to me is that all of these, almost all of these people, maybe with the exception of the local venue, are they're all permutations of Trump. They're Trump's lackeys. They're people who worked for Trump. Um, they're people who are trying to help Trump. You know, like in everything else, you know, Trump dominates the space, and and you know the the way people talk about in the news that he that he just takes up all the oxygen and everything is is him and people criticizing him and there's or people like you know uh, fawning over him. So in a sense, the Dukes are the same thing that he just that that he is uh, such a dominating force and and so corrupt that uh, it's kind of all about him. Yeah. All right. Thank you to our judges. We appreciate the time you spent doing this. Yeah. That was cool of you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you very much. I I guess I should remind people that that, uh, the Josh Marshall podcast is sponsored by Grady's Cold Brew Ice Coffee. Get 20% off your first order at Grady'sColdBrew.com. Excuse me there. I almost almost choked for no reason at all. Uh, uh, (laughs) Get 20% off your first order at Grady'sColdBrew.com with promo code TPM. That's promo code TPM. Great. We'll talk to you next year. All right. Thank you, guys. Bye. Bye.